In today's episode of The Spiritual Life, St. Bernard is going to tell us what to do when we wander in the gulf of sadness and despair. St. Gabriel is going to be told to meditate on heaven, but instead he goes to Calvary. And we're going to hear of St. Francis Borgia predicting that some novices will leave his congregation. This is The Spiritual Life, and I'm your host, Father Carlos Zepeda. You are listening to The Catholic Wire. Welcome to another episode of The Spiritual Life. In today's episode, we're going to discuss one of the topics that should be definitely our favorites uh, and one of the most beautiful ones. We're going to speak about devotion to our Blessed Mother. And this is one of the most, I say that of every episode, this is one of the most important ones, I would say, uh, but it's one that I come into with mixed feelings. On the one side, you know, you have the sweetness, the devotion, the tenderness that, speaking of our Blessed Mother, always gives you you know there is uh, always a very sweet aspect on it and comforting aspect to our souls on the other hand however one feels uh, overwhelmed about the you know nothingness and inadequacy that obviously we have for this topic because it certainly exceeds my capacity all the more because as you know i've decided to not make these episodes following a particular book uh, don't get me wrong, I mean, there are many beautiful books about our Blessed Mother. I think I've read several very good ones. Uh, and I think I, I I know everything that I could know in regards to what is written about our Blessed Mother. But here, I don't want to follow a book because, as I've said before, I want to give you kind of a summarized perspective. The quality of it, as I said, is not going to be ne nearly as, as good as it should be, but we'll try to do our best. Here I do want to make a parenthesis and, and just talk about something that is, I think, interesting. When I first joined the faith, or when I first uh, took seriously my faith, I should say, and I started seeing all these books and, and you know, all these different books and, and uh, the order of the liturgy and all those things, myself having been almost an engineer, I thought to myself, why is this not more structured? You know, I would expect, for example, because I was, as I said, coming from an engineering background, I was expecting to be able to join the faith and find like, okay, here's a manual for our Blessed Mother, here's a manual for the spiritual life, here's a manual for, you know, the Holy Eucharist. And that's all you have to do. This is summarizing everything else that you have in all the other books. And I kind of wonder why you didn't have something like that, like some official book for each topic. And um, obviously the reason for that is that these topics are so broad, they are so rich, and not only that, as time progresses, you know, in mankind, uh, and, and as mankind, I guess, progresses, in, uh, and we progress in our spiritual life, we find different things here and there. And so each generation, each, each uh, age of the world almost seems destined to find new things about the same truths of the faith. You know, nothing changes in what is in the faith, 
but you just discover more and more light into those things. And each also, each particular priest, each particular bishop, and, and each particular nation has its own culture and, and sentiments and finds a different side of this diamond that is our Blessed Mother or our Lord or whatever else you have in faith. So where I'm, what I'm getting at with this is that it is impossible to have a manual or just a book that covers everything. You're always going to find different things here and there. But that's why, you know, it is never, it is never too much if more books are written or more videos are made or a priest or a bishop speaks with his own words about our Blessed Mother. So having spoken about all this, we will begin by saying, as I usually do, why is devotion to our Blessed Mother so important in our spiritual life? Here we're going to talk about several points. First, we're going to discuss how experience shows that devotion to our Blessed Mother is necessary. We're going to talk about how God establishes a hierarchical order in order to give grace. We will speak about how God is pleased by our devotion to our Blessed Mother. We will also say how the devotion to our Blessed Mother is so influential in our spiritual state that it actually becomes sort of a spiritual thermometer for our progress. So to begin with the first point, experience shows that it's necessary. Before I go into any theological you know, reasons or, or any reading books on the topic, let me put it very plain and simple to you. I have never ever seen a devout person, a really truly saintly person, who is not devoted to our Blessed Mother, to, our, to the Virgin Mary. Never. And I never will, I assure you. And on the contrary, I've never seen a person who is truly, and I emphasize truly, devoted to Mary, who hasn't made progress spiritually. They always go again in, hand in hand. It just doesn't happen that if a person is devoted to our Blessed Mother, that they don't progress. It is something that doesn't happen. Now, if you're a person with common sense, if you're a person with some practicality, this should be enough to determine you to do it. You need no more explanation. Let's give an example. If you saw, let's say, that you meet a great businessman, and this person has, you know, you see his business techniques and you see that he's successful, you see that he has a lot of money and that he's doing very well in his business. You wouldn't go and ask him, hey, prove to me that your techniques work. You know, prove to me that what you're doing is, is functioning and that you're, this is the right way to do business. You wouldn't do that because you're seeing, you're seeing the proof. Uh, it's beyond the test. You just go and see what he's doing and then you go and do it. We can do kind of the same in the spiritual life. The same applies here. You know that as a matter of fact, Every single person who succeeded in the spiritual life, every single one of them, was devoted to the Virgin Mary. And for that reason, there is no reason to delay in, in doing it or, or of doubting the necessity of the devotion to our Blessed Mother. So we will come back to this point. But right now, let's look into some of the reasons, you could say the theological reasons, why devotion to Mary is so important. The first one that I mentioned is this. There is, a, I hope I'm saying this right, a hierarchical order that is established by God in everything. And the first reason why devotion to Mary is so fundamental is because, to put it simply, God has determined that it be so. God has determined that there is a uh, an order 
where grace flows from our from God, from our Lord Jesus Christ, through our Blessed Mother, through the saints, and so forth to, unto other people. Protestants think of God as some kind of a grace distributor where he is the only one that gives grace and everybody has to come to him and he gives grace. And I guess you could say there is some truth in the fact that all grace comes from God primarily. But God doesn't, never does things unconnected. God never wants us to be unconnected from one another. Charity is something that connects us to one another. And so the, the flowing of grace and the flowing of, of all the gifts from God works in a more, you could say, organical manner. Kind of like you would see a tree. Okay, when you have a tree, you have the leaves in the tree. And yes, they receive the sap from the tree, but they're connected to a, to a small branch and then to a bigger branch. And then this bigger branch is connected to another branch and that's connected to the whole tree. That is kind of how things work in the life of grace. You know, yes, grace flows from God, as from the core of the tree, you could say. And then from God, there is, you know, all the saints, greater or lesser saints, and, and these saints make grace flow to others, and so we're all connected in this life. So you are connected whenever you receive graces from God. You're connected at the same time to our Blessed Mother, and many of those graces, if not all, come through our Blessed Mother to you. I say not all, maybe perhaps, because that hasn't been defined by the Church, but it is the most common teaching that all graces come to us through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, that she's the mediatrix of all graces. However, as I say, that's not defined by the Church. So it is evident then that devotion to our Blessed Mother, if you want to receive those graces from God, is going to be fundamental. Now before we continue now, we're going to go with a quote from the saints, and this is actually a fairly large quote, but I'm sure everybody who's watching this episode and knows a little bit of devotion to our Blessed Mother is expecting this quote to come up. cannot blame me from bringing this quote. It's something that is necessary, absolutely necessary. If you're talking about our Blessed Mother, this is the quote to bring. But more than a quote, is kind of like half a page of quotes. But it is the Sermon of St. Bernard on the name of our Blessed Mother. And I just have to quote uh, extensively from it because it's beautiful. He says, When the immensity of your sins weighs you down, and you are bewildered by the loathsomeness of your conscience. When the terrifying thought of judgment appalls you, and you begin to founder in the gulf of sadness and despair, think of Mary. In dangers, in hardships, in every doubt, think of Mary. Call out to Mary. Keep her in your mouth. Keep her in your heart. Follow the example of her life, and you will obtain the favor of her prayer. Following her, you will never go astray. Asking her help, you will never despair. Keeping her in your thoughts, you will never wander away. With your hand in hers, you will never stumble. With her protecting you, you will not be afraid. With her leading you, you will never tire. Her kindness will see you through the end. Then you will know by your experience how true it is that the Virgin's name was Mary. That is part of the sermon of the of the of the sermon on the name of Mary, 
by Saint Bernard. Saint Bernard was especially enamored with our Blessed Mother. You could say that uh, they would call him the mellifluous saint. I'm not sure how you say that in English, but basically it means the saint who, from whose mouth you know honey flows, because he was always so so sweet and tender in that devotion to our Blessed Mother. And don't get me wrong, when you look at Saint Bernard and his life, he was a very strong man. Like his character was very very strong. So much so that when he converted, when he joined the monastery, he was able to convince 30 other knights and gentlemen and noblemen to join him. Some of them were married, and he convinced them and their wives to come, to, I mean, to come to the monastery. Their, their wives, I mean to say, he convinced them to lead, let their husbands go. So, and, and, and they did love each other. Don't think that they didn't. So, he was a very strong man. But he had a very strong devotion to our Blessed Mother. And he's particularly one of the ones that you want to look for in when you want to see beautiful quotes and sermons on our Blessed Mother. He's making a very strong point here. He's saying, whenever you are seeing yourself in difficulty, in distress, in any situation where you need help, God has put our Blessed Mother to be our guide and our comfort, kind of like a star in the oceans. We will see later on why this is so, but just to give you a little a little tip on that. Sometimes, through our sins, we do not deserve to receive graces from our Lord. Remember that our Lord is our Father, yes, He is our Redeemer, yes, but He's also our, our Judge. And so sometimes we sin so much that we do not deserve to receive graces from Him. And it is at this point where our blessed Lord can send, so to speak, our blessed mother as a, as a rescuer, as someone that can give us graces because she's not the judge. She's not made to apply justice. She's only being given to us to give us mercy. And this is not my doctrine. This is something from St. Alphonsus Liguori and basically everyone who has written about our blessed mother. And that's why St. Bernard is telling us, Whenever we're in distress and difficulty, even when we're weighed down by our sins, the person that we ought to go to is our Blessed Mother. That is our quote from the saints from today. And now let's go back to the reasons why devotion to our Blessed Mother is so important to us. Before we move on into another point, I do want to mention two more. The first one is devotion to our Blessed Mother is very important because God is pleased by it. Remember that the whole point of your spiritual life is to gain more grace, to gain more love, to love God more and to be loved more by God. But both love, charity, and grace, they're all gifts. God gives them to you. And if this is so, then in order for you to receive them, you have to please the giver. You have to please God. Now, if God has determined that He wants our Blessed Mother to be honored, that He wants a particular person to be honored, by everybody, then in order for you to receive graces from God, to receive gifts from God, you have to do what He wants you to do, which is honoring our Blessed Mother. This is how you can explain that devotion to our Blessed Mother is so influential, it's so important in our spiritual state, because if you really want to receive those graces, then you have to do what God is asking you to do, and therefore you cannot expect to receive many graces unless you are honoring our Blessed Mother. It's something that God wants and therefore is going to have a, a direct effect on how strong is your spiritual life. And this leads me to my last point, which is 
Devotion to Mary, devotion to our Blessed Mother, is a sign of your spiritual progress. It is so true that this is so, that you could say that devotion to the Virgin Mary functions a little bit like a spiritual thermometer, and put this to the test as much as you want. If you want to see the, uh, how, how good one person is doing in a spiritual life, whether it be yourself or others, you can try to... You can try to measure, you can try to see, okay, how devoted is this person to the Virgin Mary? If the person is very devoted to the Virgin Mary, truly devoted, I mean to say, you know, not, not like sentimental stuff, but that is actually in reality, in action, you know, in, in faith, truly devoted to the Virgin Mary, and you'll see that they're doing well spiritually, and vice versa. A person that is not doing well spiritually, always, always without fail, is not going to care about the Virgin Mary, is going to be forgetful about the Virgin Mary, is going to fail in the rosary. They're just not going to think of anything. Uh, they're not going to think of it as something important. There was one bishop at the time of St. Alphonsus Liguori. He was living at the time of St. Alphonsus Liguori. And he wrote to him a letter once where he told him that he tried to read the, the book written by St. Alphonsus, The Glories of Mary, every year. Every year he would try to read it at least once. And he would say, to, he said this to St. Alphonsus, he'd say, if when I read it, I find myself indifferent, cold, dry, I know that that's a signal that I'm falling into tepidity and I need to work in my spiritual life. So he, he basically used the book as a spiritual thermometer. There was another story with St. Francis Borgia. On one occasion, he was, uh, he was the general of the Jesuits by the time, and he was conversing with some novices in one of the religious houses of the order, and he asked them about their devotions, you know, who are you devoted to? And a few of them said they found no reason to be particularly devoted to Mary. Now, St. Francis was alarmed by that, and he, when he walked out and he was talking to the master of novices, you know, the guy that was in charge of them, he said to him, keep an eye on them. If things don't change, I fear for their perseverance. As a matter of fact, that they, they did abandon their religion a few months after. So for yourself, here, when we say this, think, look at yourself and see how you are in these regards. If you find yourself rather indifferent to our Blessed Mother, if you disregard the things that are related to the Virgin Mary, that means that you need to work hard on your spiritual life. Now it's time to go to our story of the saints. Today for our story of the saints, we have uh, a story of Saint Dominic. I had to restrain myself because there were too many stories in my head. So every priest, every religious, every consecrated soul has to pray at the end of the day a hymn to our Blessed Mother. You pray the Divine Office. Those are the prayers that you have to pray, you know, uh, under pain of sin, at least for priests. And then at the end of the Divine Office, you will have to sing the uh, the hymn to our Blessed Mother, whether it be the Regina Celli during Easter, the Hail Holy Queen during the rest of the time, the Alma Redemptoris Mater during the time of Advent, and so forth. Now, this wasn't always so in the Church. It actually began in the 13th century, according to a book that I read, on the life of St. Dominic. And this is the story of how it began. The, the 
Friars of the Order of St. Dominic would go to sleep at a certain time, and there would be a friar that would walk by the cells, you know, with a clapper, giving the sign for everyone to go to sleep. There was this one friar that was praying at that time, and as this was happening, he had a vision. And so he saw the friar walking by the cells, and then behind him, our Blessed Mother, with the with uh, holy water, blessing all the monks. Now, friars, I guess you would say. The interesting thing was she went by a cell, and in this particular cell, she didn't stop. She didn't bless it. So this friar was concerned about it. Later on, he asked, and he was told that the reason why our Blessed Mother did not bless this particular friar was because he was sleeping uh, with his mother's clothing, meaning he, he wasn't dressed modestly when he went to sleep. That was all. Now, this kind of gives, uh, gives you a cue into two things about our Blessed Mother. One is that she's involved in every single aspect of our life of grace, that she's always praying for us, that she's always interceding for us, blessing us. But also that she does get concerned about our faults and our sins and that that actually has an impact on our relationship with her or not. Now, the reason why I say this is because, as we will say in, in just a few moments, devotion to our Blessed Mother is not just saying prayers to her. It involves everything in our spiritual life. But that is our story of the saints for today. I'll cut it short because we already had too many. And now we will go back into seeing how are we supposed to practice our devotion to our Blessed Mother. Okay, now it's time to see how do we practice the devotion to our Blessed Mother. And let's begin by giving you the general aspects of devotion to her. And I'm just going to talk about two points. The first one, what is the nature of our relationship with our Blessed Mother? How should we see her? How does she see us? To put it very simply, we should see her as a mother and she sees us as her children. So it's a filial relationship. That is the main way in which our devotion to her should be. We should see her as a mother. Now you might say here, uh, well, Father, what about the, the, the slavery? What about the holy slavery to Mary? I'll say that's, that's all good and fine. The, the slavery is a very good devotion. However, I would not stay there. I would not stay there. Slavery to Mary is, is a reminder of our humility, of the devotion, of the, the way in which we should be given to her in such a way that everything that is ours belongs to her and that we serve her, that we think of her as, as our Queen of Heaven and we serve her in order to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. However, as I said, we should not stay there because the truth is our relationship with our Blessed Mother is mainly a filial one, one of mother and son. When our Lord entrusted our Blessed Mother to, to us, He didn't say, Behold your Queen. He didn't say, Behold your, your Master. He said, Behold your Mother. And in there, our Lord Jesus Christ Himself was telling us, This is how you have to see her, as your Mother. So when you practice holy slavery, you're becoming a slave to your Mother. That's how you should see it. Now here, uh, uh, I have to recognize or give thanks to the Carmelites in Mexico who were the ones that instilled this to me. Now, having said this, another aspect to consider is that devotion to our Blessed Mother, if it is to be true, ought to be complete, complete in our spiritual life. What do I mean to say by that? 
What I mean to say is you cannot expect that just for saying a few prayers every day or, you know, just to, because you have the scapular. But if at the same time you're falling into sin, you're giving into imperfections, you're keeping grudges, you're maintaining vain vanity or idle habits, you're not going to enjoy the benefits of being a true child of Mary. Devotion to her has to cover imitation of her son. It has to cover everything. And this is why it makes perfect sense when you think of devotion to her as a filial devotion, as she is my mother, I'm her son, then the whole point is that you have to be a good son, that you have to, to please her in everything that you can. You have to obey her, you have to honor her, you have to obey our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the few words that our Blessed Mother said was, do what he says, do what our Lord Jesus Christ says. And so you cannot say that you're devoted to Mary just because you say a few prayers every day, if you are not a good child, if you're not doing what she says, what she wants you to do. Now, caveat here. Does that mean that uh, I have to pray, if, if, if I pray to her, I have to be perfect? Does that mean that if I have sins, even if I have like the worst sins in the world, that I have no hope, that I shouldn't pray to her, that she's not going to listen, that she's not going to care? No, that, that's not what it means at all. That's why we call our Blessed Mother the refuge of sinners. Even in those cases, even if you're not perfect, you should pray to her because it still does you good. It's actually very, very good. What I'm saying is you shouldn't stop there. When you're in sins, when you're committing imperfections, when you are not the perfect child of Mary, to pray to her and to have devotion to her as much as you can is a perfect way to start, to renew your life, to correct your ways. But don't be deceived thinking that, okay, this is it. That's devotion to Mary, me saying three Hail Marys every day. No, devotion to Mary keeps growing and growing, and you will be truly devoted when you're try truly trying to do your best to please her, to honor her, and to, to follow her advice and the advice of her son. So in short, always have devotion to Mary. If you're a sinner, to get out of sin. If you're a person that is imperfect, to get out of your imperfections and become more perfect. If you're a person that is proficient in the spiritual life, which we never know if we are, but if we might be in that situation, we still want to be devoted to her so that she gives us perseverance and brings us even more and more into the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk about some practical things that we ought to do if you're devoted to Mary. I, I kind of gave you already the broad aspects about devotion to her. Now let's talk about some practical issues. Here's the first thing that I'm going to say. And this one, I don't think you're going to find in many books. Ask for love, meaning ask her to make you love her. Because you might find yourself indifferent or blessed mother, or you might find yourself that you don't love her very much, and maybe you don't love our Lord as much as you should. And in those cases, what you should do is ask our, ask our Lord for more love, ask our blessed mother for, love, for more love. You can ask them to make you love or say, blessed mother, help me love our Lord Jesus Christ more Make me love you more. Make me love you more. Give me more love. When you do this, it is as if you were asking God to help you fulfill his commandments. It makes perfect sense. You know, if you're proud, you go and pray to God, make me humble. If you are dealing with impurity, you go and pray to God, please make me pure. If you're dealing with being angry, you know, you ask God, give me patience. Well, it makes perfect sense that you ask, for, that you ask God, make me love you. And made me love the, love the Virgin Mary. 
and you can ask her for the same things. There is even a prayer in the, of this in the breviary that it says, Dignare me laudarete, Virgo Sacrata, which means, uh, Dain, make me, dear, I guess you could say it, make me praise you or help me praise you, Holy Virgin. This request to ask for love we should never abandon. Especially, we should insist on it if we find ourselves stupid or poor in these regards. Now, St. Alfonso's Liguori knew this very well, and he's the only author that I, that I can think of. I'm sure there are others, but he's the only one I can think of that actually mentions this explicitly, to ask for love. And that's why when you read his novenas, his, his uh, devotionals, his, pray his books of prayer, every time that he puts prayers, he says, you know, make me love you, give me your love, give me perseverance. He said that. He said, if, if I make my prayers too, repeti too repetitive, don't take it the wrong way because these are the most important things that we ought to ask God for love and for perseverance. So that would be the first thing I think that we need to do in devotion to Mary. When it comes to prayer, this is the second one. Obviously, when it comes to prayer, the most important thing regarding the Virgin Mary is praying the Holy Rosary. Now, I take it that you know, and I'm sure you've heard it repeatedly, we should never go to sleep without praying the Rosary. That should be the one thing that you should never ever let go. Well, not the one thing, there are many. But this for sure, we should never let go and we should never go to sleep without praying the Rosary. You should not be able to go to sleep peacefully until you have prayed it. Because that is something I always say to people, the Rosary is kind of like the rope that is holding you to the boat. You know, it's like the, the, road that is, the rope that is holding you to the lifeguard to the life jacket or whatever you want to call it. Don't let it go. If you let it go one day, you're letting go of the rope. So you got to do it every day. The rosary being so excellent and there are so many things about it that it calls for a series of episodes and, and we cannot go into detail here. I do want to give you very quickly four tips on how to pray it the best way possible. The first one. Set aside for the rosary a time and a place. Yes, sometimes people pray the rosary when they're driving or when they're walking or, you know, when they're doing something else. And I'm not going to say that's bad. It's good. It's better than nothing. But it's not the best. Whenever it is possible to you, set aside a time and a place and pray the rosary, especially to her with care. It's like a gift that you're giving to our Blessed Mother. Point number two. A good thing to learn how to pray the rosary well will be to set for your time for yourself some time of meditation where you meditate on what the Hail Mary means, on the Our Father, by each one of the words or each one of its expressions. So, for example, I'll say for myself, well, you know what, every week I'm going to set for myself 10-15 minutes, and in those 10-15 minutes I'm going to pray a Hail Mary as slowly, devoutly, and mindfully as possible. And I'm going to take all my time. If I pray in, the, in that ten, those 10 minutes, if I only pray one Hail Mary, that's perfect. And I'm just going to go there, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to say Hail Mary. Okay, what am I trying to say when I say Hail? Well, I'm, I'm trying to, to please her. I'm trying to show her my love. Hail Mary. And then I try to say it as carefully as possible. Hail Mary. And who's Mary? Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Full of grace. What does, that, what does that mean? Well, she's full of the things that I want. You know, I want from God the grace of being pure. I want the, the, from God the grace of being holy, of loving Him more, of persevering. She has that. She's full of grace. 
And so I'm saying, Hail Mary, full of grace, like you have it all. You have it all for me too, to give it to me. You see what I'm saying? You take each one of those sentences, you think of them slowly. And when you do this, the next time you pray the rosary, the Hail Mary is going to mean a lot more to you. Now, you're not going to remember everything at each Hail Mary, but at least now you know what you're doing, and that is good enough. Okay, point number three. When you pray the rosary, pronunciation of the words. This is a whole problem because it can go either way. You know, people can be excessively concerned about the pronunciation or not concerned at all. And there is a middle term. There's a middle line for this. There is a middle ground. You should speak the rosary as you would speak to a person that you respect. You're speaking to a queen. And so when you do this, when you speak the rosary to someone, it's an act of faith and you're praying with faith. I, 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 the first time I came here to America, I remember I was with someone. It's not someone that anybody here would know. Um, and this person would pray the rosary so fast. I could not make up the words. I didn't know the Hail Mary. I wanted to learn it, but I couldn't make the words when, they, when I was hearing them. And so it's very important to pronounce it well. Sometimes we learn the rosary when we're very young, when we're children. And so we kind of uh, uh, get used to saying it with mispronunciations. We shouldn't do that. Pronounce it as you would speak to another person. Now, if you're in a group, I'll say don't stand out. Don't try to go and do a recitation of it. You know, pray it clearly, pray it with correction, pray it with dignity, but pray it at the same pace that everybody else if you're alone, you can do whatever you want. But if you're in a group, don't go, you know, everybody else is saying, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And you're, Hail Mary, full of grace. No, no, no. Pray with the group. Don't distract people. Allow everyone to pray at the same pace. That's just easier for everyone. And give way to your devotion when you're by yourself and when it won't be a distraction to anyone else. Now, if you're in charge, for example, of the family, you don't want to make it too difficult for everyone else. You don't have to make it very slowly. You don't want to make it too fast. Pray it as you speak to a person. That's very easy. As you say it to someone, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, in the same pace, in the same way, with dignity, with faith. Now, the last point that I would make. Uh, pray with determined intentions. What does that mean? If you just pray the rosary out of custom and you don't think of why you're praying it, of what you expect from it, uh, what you're asking for, then it's going to be very easy to get distracted. But if you pray the rosary and you think to yourself, okay, for this rosary in particular, what am I asking for? What do I want to ask for a Blessed Mother? You know, what, what do I want to ask her for? Uh, and you can even do that for a Hail Mary. As I would say in a different episode, you know, you can be praying the Hail Mary, and for example, the other person says, Hail Mary, full of grace. And at that time, I can be saying, O oh, Blessed Mother, please grant me the grace to persevere in the faith. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the other person says, Hail Mary, full of grace. O oh, Blessed Mother, please help me persevere in my faith. Holy Mary, Mother of God. You see what I mean? When you have an intention, it's a lot easier to be devoted and to pay attention to what you're doing. Now it's time to... There's a lot more things that we could say about the rosary. We'll save it for later. But now it's time to go to our quote from Scripture.
Today, for our quote from Scripture, we're going to have uh, two quotes from the Apostle St. Paul to the Galatians, which are going to talk to us about filiation and how if we are children, you know, if we're baptized, we become, so to speak, baptized. We become baptized in Christ. We have put on Christ, and therefore we become children of Abraham and children of God. And therefore, we can think we also become children of Mary. Now, let's look at the quotes. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. And if you be Christ's, then you are the seed of Abraham, heirs according to the promise. That's from Galatians chapter 3, verses 26, 27, and 29. And he also says in the same epistle, in chapter 4, verse 19, My little children, of whom I am in labor again, until Christ be formed in you. There is two different quotes, and there is two different concepts. In the first one, as we said, St. Paul is telling us how by being baptized, we become united to Christ, and that, that also happens through Holy Communion, obviously. And by that union of Christ, we can also call ourselves children of God by adoption. Now, adoption doesn't mean that that is something false. It just means that we're not natural children of God, but we become true children of God by uniting ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, from this it makes perfect sense. Who is the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ? The Virgin Mary. Well, if by the union that we have with Christ, we become children of God, it only makes perfect sense that we can also call ourselves children of Mary, and therefore that there is a special title that we have to her protection, to her care, to, to her love to us, and that we should have also love for her and devotion to her and honor her as our mother. It's just plain, plain and simple. If we are children of God because we are united to Christ, we are also children of Mary. Now, the other quote brings us another concept, and it's the fact that St. Paul speaks to them that he was working for their salvation. He speaks to them as a father to a child. And he says, you are my little children, and I'm in labor for you. I suffer for you until Christ be formed in you. If the Virgin Mary prayed for us, if she sacrificed for us, if she offered the sacrifice of her son for us, you can truly say that she was in a certain way suffering for us and that the words of St. Paul would apply to her as well. She could also say to us, my little children of whom I am in labor until Christ be formed in you. In other words, I suffer for you, I struggle, I have sacrificed for you until Christ be formed in you. And so our Blessed Mother has a special role in forming Christ in our souls. And that cost her. It did cost her. It cost her the moment where she was walking in Calvary, where she was walking, following our Lord Jesus Christ, carrying his cross, where she saw him maybe being scourged, where she heard him being crowned by thorns. All those things, they cost her. And, and she didn't suffer those things just, just because. She suffered those things in order to save our souls, in order to form Christ in us. And so she can truly say to us, you are my little children, for whom I am in labor until Christ be formed in you. Meaning, for whom I suffer until Christ be formed in you. 
Now that's our quote from scripture and now we're going to go into some of the other devotions that we can have towards our Blessed Mother. Now before we go into the next section I would I kind of foresee that some people might hear some of these things and might think of them as unusual you know especially if you've never heard it before but most of this stuff is something that you can find in the the sermons of the Holy Fathers in the writings of the Saints you know even the idea that I just mentioned about our Blessed Mother offering her sufferings for us and in that way being considered our mother that's something that you can definitely find in in many many of the saints now let's go back to our devotions that we can have to our blessed mother i mentioned the rosary i'm just going to the very basic things that we can do right now the other one's going to be obviously the scapular the scapular again is something that requires its own special episode but just to, to be very brief about it the scapular is a sign of your belonging to mary it is a way to put yourself under her mantle. Think of the scapular as her mantle, and when you put it on, it's like you're putting herself, you're covering yourself under the mantle of Mary. Again, this needs a, a whole another, another episode for this. But right now, I just want to emphasize what is the spiritual practice that the scapular entails. Uh, not so much, you know, the duties or anything like that. I just want to emphasize what it means. Every time that you see the scapular, every time that you put it on, that you grab it, you should think of it as a remembrance of your sweet mother in heaven. You can kiss it reverently, thinking of her, and use it as a physical way to encourage you to pray for her protection, to have recourse to her. For example, if I'm tempted, I can grab the scapular, kiss the scapular, and think our blessed mother will protect me. If I'm in danger, I can grab the scapular and pray our blessed mother to protect me. If, um, you know, at any moment in time I see it and I'm not thinking of her, that's a perfect way to remember her. You should also see the scapular as a reminder of two things, of being pure and being humble. And so when you're, for example, if someone is humiliating you or making you mad or something, and by chance you would come to see the scapular, you remember, oh, I'm supposed to be humble. I'm a child of Mary. If you're in the street and something bad shows up and, and you're, you know, tempted perhaps, well, you, you see the scapular and you go like, oh, I have the scapular. I, I must be pure. I'm a child of Mary. There is a lot of things that could be mentioned and should be mentioned about the scapular, but this episode doesn't give us room for that. So for now, just get informed about it. If you don't know anything about it, get informed. See what it is, what it means, how do you get it, and make sure you get it from a traditional Catholic priest. But right now I want to emphasize this part. The scapular is a reminder of your love for her, and it's a sign that you belong to her. We're going to conclude this episode because it's going to go too long otherwise. But I just want to give you five more ways to, to please a Blessed Mother to be devoted to her. First, the first three ones, or four I would say, are about imitation. To imitate our Blessed Mother, to be more like her. And it's going to be specifically in these virtues. Humility, obedience, purity, and dutifulness. The practice of these virtues is especially pleasing to Mary. Purity, humility, and obedience are things that, that when you hear them immediately, if you're a Catholic and you know a little bit about her, you immediately think of her. To practice purity, you've heard a lot about purity, humility, and obedience, I'm sure, and we will cover that in detail at some point. But I do want to talk about the fourth one, because of that one I'm sure you've never heard of, perhaps. Uh, I mean, as a as a practice to imitate the Virgin Mary. Dutifulness. Our Blessed Mother was very, very faithful to her duty, very faithful to the will of God. Constantly in her mind, the thought was, what does God want me to do right now? What is more pleasing to God? That's what I do. 
And that is a devotion that is very, very important in our day and age. You know, when you are, for example, a person that is trying to imitate our Blessed Mother, and you're at home, and you're going to think, well, should I watch TV? Well, what does God want me to do? Well, should I listen to music? What does God want me to do? Well, should I go recreate? What does God want me to do? Sometimes maybe God wants you to do some of those things. I don't think watching TV. But, um, <laughs> but the point is, that is a way to imitate our Blessed Mother, to say, I want to be as faithful to the will of God as the Virgin Mary was. So those are the four virtues that she is very pleased with. Humility, obedience, purity, dutifulness. And obviously all the other ones. But those four are special to her. Now, I say this is part of devotion to her. If you really want to love her, want her to love you, you need to have some, some care to practice these virtues. To pretend to go to our Blessed Mother and pray to her without caring for those virtues. It's like if you have a friend that is a cop and you try to go and please the cop and talk to him and be like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah, you're my really good friend and everything. You know, we should really defund the police. It's like, <laughs> no, uh, that's not going to go well. You know, he's not going to be your friend after that because you're speaking about against something that is dear to him, that it's himself. If you don't practice these virtues, it's like you're going to bless a mother and praying to her and then saying, oh, you know what? I don't believe in what you do or I don't care about what you do. That's just not going to go well. Still pray to her because she's very merciful and she'll help you. Uh, St. Alfonso mentions another thing that we can do for her devo to have devotion to her is to do novenas before her, her feast days, to fast on Saturdays or other sort of mortifications, whatever the Holy Ghost inspires to you to do for her, always, as I always say, with uh, the counsel of the priest. The last one that I'll mention is pilgrimages. Pilgrimages to her sanctuaries are another form of devotion. There are many physical things that you can do for her, you know, take it upon yourself to light candles to her statues, bring flowers to her for her feasts. You know, if there's, for example, the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, make a special arrangement of flowers to honor her, to make it more significant, to decorate her shrines. All of these things are good, but the best thing is the virtues that we mentioned above. So with this, for now, we will conclude. It's a very broad topic, as you can see. But today we will conclude with this promising to have at the future, I don't know how, how close a future, but in the future, to have more of our Blessed Mother in other sections and topics. We hope, however, that this has given you some clues uh, and clues and guidelines of how necessary it is to have devotion and respect and most importantly, love for the Mother of God and our spiritual Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Father Cepeda for the Catholic Wire and you are watching The Spiritual Life. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Catholic Wire. If you have found this show helpful, please say a prayer for all our collaborators. Don't forget to subscribe to our channels and share with your friends. For questions and comments, you may contact us at thecatholicwire.org.